welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Stacy, hey, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, you're an astronaut's wife. I am. Like, that's amazing. I don't think I've ever talked to somebody who actually like sends their loved one into space, not like just to fly a plane. Like, yeah, there's not that many of us and we tend to clump together. So if you've met one of us, yes. So if you've met one of us, you've probably met a dozen, but if you haven't met any, you're like, probably never will. Y'all are all somewhere (laughs) together and we're just not like encountering one another. Exactly. You have this really extraordinary story and kind of extraordinary life. Your husband went to space. <laughs> He's uh, an army colonel and a NASA astronaut. Can you, I know that you're, it's impossible to cliff notes your whole life, but can you give us just like the bites? <laughs> like, I just want to know, like, I need some backstory here. Okay, sure. So I met my husband when we were both cadets at West Point. So we've had this kind of shared, you know, foundation of like service. And of course the military side for a long time, We got married after I graduated from undergrad and he became a doctor and I was in business and did econ stuff and budget (laughs) analyzation or whatever. I'm like totally stumbling over myself. I sound so educated, don't I? Please. No, you do. Let me do your budgets. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, I did that, did business stuff for a while. Uh, We moved all over the country because after med school, then Course, it's all the doctor stuff you've got to do, all the training. And then we kind of got hooked into the special operations community in the army. So, for that was our life for a good decade plus, and a lot of deployments, a lot of crazy times, uh, sneak in having kids in between deployment cycles, like, quick, gotta get pregnant before you head right. overseas. And then, yeah, one day my husband came home, was like, hey, I've, I uh, want to do something crazy. I want to apply uh, to become an astronaut. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I, want to be a ballerina, but that ship sailed right. a long time ago. Right. Like, are we just sharing childhood fantasies? Like, is that where we're at right now? And he was like, no, no, no. Like, I just want to apply it, You know, it'll never happen. And then it happened. So we came down here to Texas. This is where all the astronauts live. Most astronauts live down here Yeah, near Johnson space center. And then you train for a very long time. And so we were here for almost eight years before he flew. Wow. It takes about the average is a little between five and 10 years before me before you fly. And so, yeah, he launched to the International Space Station in July of 2019. And in 2019, if you needed to get into space, there was only one way to do it because the shuttle program ended right. in 2011, 2012. And we didn't start launching from Florida on SpaceX Crew Dragon until 2020. So in that about 10 year span, if you wanted to get to space, then you had to hitch a ride on a Russian rocket. So that was a whole experience because of course they're learning Russian. They're doing a lot of travel to Russia. And when it came time for launch, the kids and I had to fly to Kazakhstan, which is where the Russians launched their rockets. Uh -uh. And so that was a whole unique, really cool cultural experience, but really just uh, surreal because it is so different 
culturally from what we're used to, but also completely different from what we remember from kind of the big, relatively glitzy, you know, very well publicized launches from Florida that we remember from our childhood. And now that we see, you know, with SpaceX, so totally different experience. And he went to space for nine months. So Meanwhile, for nine months, the kids and I were down here, you know, just trying to keep this house of popsicle sticks standing (laughs) while also, you know, maintaining good communication, good relationships with my husband and their father while he was literally, you know, orbiting the earth at 17,000 miles an hour. So, you know, no big deal. Wow. No, big, totally chill. Like just a normal Wednesday. It's fine. Yeah. Totally fine. You have three kids, correct? I have four kids. Four kids. Okay. So I have a, I have a boy and three girls. And so I have two high schoolers, a junior higher and an about to become a junior higher. So um, yeah, there's a lot of hormones flying around here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We have two girls and my husband has already like built his little man cave in preparation (laughs) for, for just, it just being the girls and I, so all that is that you wrote a book titled the astronaut's wife that will be out in March everybody lives like lived experiences. What made you want to put it into a book? Well, it was a really obviously unique experience, but Mm -hmm. as I kind of started to think of like kind of pull back a little bit from the details of the experience, I realized there was a lot of just life lessons here that I picked up along the way over the last, you know, 40 plus years of my life, but really I had to put into practice in that nine months in kind of a new way. And there was a lot of really applicable stuff, whether your spouse is on this planet or, or off of it, you know, and a lot of friends were like, this is really cool. I'd like to hear more about this. And so when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, yeah, let's, let's start writing that all down. Let's see if we, if I can find some threads here that tie it all together. And this is what came out of it. And I'm really proud of it, but more than that, i I love that most people who are reading it, you know, they're like, Ooh, it's like the space angle is kind of interesting, you know, to kind of hook them, but that's not actually what sticks with them. It's certainly interesting. There's a lot of, you know, insider kind of like, let me tell you what it's like for the families, because right. You don't hear that angle a lot. You see the, right. you know, the camera follows the crew and then, you know, you see all the amazing uh, space footage and stuff when they're on space station or whatever they're doing, but you kind of sometimes forget that for every crew member who is launching into space, there's a family back on earth who's trying to manage this new season of life full of just weird and sometimes surreal experiences, but also balancing real life, single parenting, Normal. normal life, but with the unique challenges of the other person, the other adult who's normally kind of living life with you, not on this planet. Right. Well, and that was kind of my thought when I was looking over just what the book is about and everything was, yeah, your husband's in space, which is different, but you were still living this life that a lot of women, especially yeah, like are experiencing in some capacity. There are a lot of single moms out there. There are a lot of like, especially like in, I'm sure the military world, like husbands that are gone on deployment and stuff like that. And then just life, like you were still a mom of four kids, like you were doing it alone, but so it's this, I think we forget, I think a story like yours can feel unrelatable when it's actually like, we all have completely relatable experiences, whether your husband's on a different planet or (laughs) on the current planet. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a lot of it at the, in the early stages of the pandemic. I remember Mm -hmm. thinking naively like, oh man, by the time this book comes out, are these like issues even going to be relatable? (laughs) Because I thought this pandemic is going to wrap up. You know, like 
oh, I don't know. Like, I hope these messages about, you know, not being afraid or not being in survival mode or you know, like when connection is hard and you feel isolated, like, oh boy, I hope these messages still resonate. And here we are. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. because that's really, you're right. I mean, certainly my story has unique elements to it, but now where we all are and have been for the last, I don't even know how, how long has it been a million years that we've been in this pandemic. I, I think we're, are we anymore. going into year three? I think so. Is yeah. it, it? I don't even know. I've lost track. Right. right? I, know. I know. Right. But now this new sense of, of what it is to live in, in isolation and when, when communication yeah. is hard and everyone is living at this, a higher level of stress and people are clearly living in a state of constant fear, whatever mm-hmm. your fears are, this current world is certainly triggering most people's fears. Yeah. And I think this anger that we see, this frustration, this divisiveness, just like this all around prickliness that the mm. world feels right now is because most people are living out of a place of fear, which is 100%. a scary way to live life because you just are just getting batted around by whatever new circumstance happens that day. And I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that you touched on that because that was kind of one of the things that I wanted to talk about because of the things in your book, so many of them, all of it is so like easy to resonate with. But that like the fear, survival mode, fight or flight, just this is just me. I never realized how much that impacts us, like mentally, physically, the way that we respond to people that our nervous systems, our paranormal, our para nervous systems, like there's so much to that constant stress, but we, it's almost like we've accepted it as normal. That's right. I don't think you really realize how much fear is dictating your life or your decisions until something happens and you are faced with whatever, like you're faced with making a choice and you Mm. realize in your reaction, like, wow, I'm reacting really strongly to this, like over the top strongly. And usually it's because Something is being threatened to be ta- that to be taken away from you yes. that you you un- like subconsciously were were counting on like that and was you're like your unhealthily like that's right holding on that's to right it. so like for me I felt like that I was forced to to be in that moment at the rocket launch like mm. where I'm facing this fear of like this rocket might explode yeah and it was terrifying and it felt like I'm I'm in zero control of this and it's it's scary because there's all these unknowns associated with it. And it kind of felt like, okay, <laughs> I'm cl- uh, clearly my reaction is a little bit based on the fact that I'm afraid that like my foundation of assuming my life will always have this person in my life. There's yeah. a certain amount of like emotional and life stability, financial stability. Like I'm always going to have this person who I can count on, who's going to be this, you know, parent with my children with me. Like, and in this moment it could be taken away and that's, yeah. that's terrifying. And I think a lot of people have reached that point right now, whether it's like your definition of like, what are you building your hopes on? Right. Was it like whoever is in the white house? Was it uh, certain freedoms? Was it like your health, your, yeah, your health, your business, your, a relationship that kind of went South, like someone's an emotional need that you were counting on someone else meeting. And all of a sudden they couldn't because like the world has gone upside down, like whatever it is, when those things are taken away and you just feel like you are untethered, it's scary. And then you yeah. start acting in ways that are usually kind of contrary to your nature because you're just acting out of fear and you're just trying to grasp it, grasp at something again to like make you feel grounded. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So here's the thing that I don't feel like enough people talk about. 
your fear that the the ship was going to blow up wasn't completely irrational. That's right. Like they've blown up before. Right. Yes. In fact, one of my really good friends watched her husband's rocket, exact same kind of rocket, like had an abort. And Mm -hmm. for 45 minutes, she didn't know if her husband was alive or dead. And she was there with her two children, like trying to plug them in the iPads and keep them occupied till she could gather all the information. And, you know, thank God he was fine. But, you know, came literally instead of going to space, came back to Earth, you know, less than an hour later. Yeah. Terrifying. And so, yeah, it's absolutely we've all heard of Columbia and Challenger and Apollo one. Right. Like these are these are real world things. And even if those things had never happened, like this is a a rocket made by human hands. Right. Happen. right? Right. Like mistakes happen. Accidents happen. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like our fears don't have are not founded on a little bit of possibility. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The question is just like, what am I going to do if the worst thing happens? And I think that's where like, if we, if left unchecked, our fears take us like completely down these paths that are, 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 where that little grain of fact, yes, there is a possibility of this then gets twisted in our mind to, if that happens, then life is no longer worth living. Yes. Everything good in your life is over. No one loves you anymore. No, you will have no friends anymore. Your children Mm. will forever live in your basement. Like, you know, all whatever it is, like wherever that path goes. And there's like this goes unchecked, like it will go all the way to the absolutely like in a second. hundred percent. Yeah. So I think it's not about not feeling afraid. Like that is a normal and natural reaction to a possibility that something in your life could go wrong. I could get sick. My spouse could die. One of my children could die. Like. I could have a, my child could grow up and I have a terrible relationship with them. Like these are all possibilities that are, you know, it's at some level kind of outside of our control because there's other people involved and they get to make choices too. But this idea of like, I am going to choose to not let the fear of this dictate the choices I make today and the choices I make tomorrow. And I'm I'm not going to let my life be based on hoping that my children will always think I'm the best, you know, or that my marriage is going to be amazing or that I'll always have incredible financial stability or whatever it is. Like you have to find your hope in something else Mm -hmm. because all those things, whatever it is, will eventually go away. Yeah. One of the things that I have found to be really helpful is acknowledging like what you just said that like there, that is a, okay, this is a possibility. Right. But I'm not going to let it run my life. I'm not going to let it make all of my decisions. I think, and I've had conversations with other people before where we're taught this coping mechanism to almost be like, that's not going to happen. Right. Well, God never promised that either. Like, let's, I think sometimes we get God's promises. Maybe we like make them something they aren't. He didn't promise that nothing bad or difficult would ever happen. What he did promise is that he's always going to walk through it with us. That's and right. And still who he said he is. Because that's mine. If A happens, does that mean God isn't who he said he is? And scripture is really clear. Like, no, like Paul says when, not if you experience hardship. Right. And it's not like, yeah, that's right. And we, sometimes we like over-spiritualize it, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, I'm sure the Bible's talking about like spiritual struggles. And it's like, well, yes, but also could be financial, could be relationship, could be family stress. Paul had all kinds of crazies. Yeah. The dude was like shipwrecked and arrested right. and robbed. Like he had real life crap happen. That's right. All the time. And that's right. And if you think that Paul can't have those things happen, like 
Like, is your faith stronger than Paul's? Like, yeah. if you, you think like loneliness is wrong, like Jesus was lonely. Like right. Jesus was disappointed by his friends. Like all these things, like you think you're somehow exempt, like look at history, look at biblical history, right? Like, no, those things, like you said, should be expected. And, and if we anticipate like, yeah, there's going to be really hard times coming. And if I'm counting on the wrong thing to be my savior, like, or if the, if I'm terrified by the fact that if this thing in my life gets taken away, then maybe that's a little, a little hint that we have put that thing on a pedestal and made it an idol that like, it's eventually going to fall over and whether or not we are prepared for that or not is the question, you know, like there's only one unchanging fully, like 100% you can count on it will not change thing that you can build your foundation on. And that's Mm -hmm. God, the rest of Mm -hmm. it can, and probably will go away. Yeah. Whether that is now or when you're on your deathbed. (laughs) Right. So like, it's time to have a reality check. Like that's the reality of the world we live in and the reality of like being human. I know you, you talk in the book about what that looked like in that nine months that your husband was at the base station and just that journey and the things that God taught you as far as not functioning in survival and believing truth. Like, what did that look like? Your husband's on a different planet and you're having to essentially trust God with him and with everything going on on this one. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I kind of got some some practice at thinking like this when he would do had several combat deployments years ago. And I had this amazing friend who we were all kind of living in this world where it was like, don't talk about it. Let's not think about more morbid things. Like, yeah, don't make that joke. Don't make like somehow as if thinking about the worst thing happening made it more likely to happen, which at the time for us was our, all of our husbands were deployed together and things were very dangerous. They were doing a lot of dangerous work. There was a lot of casualties and it was a very distinct possibility that one or more of them were not going to make it home. And so we just didn't talk about it. (laughs) And that was kind of like the way we handled things. And I think that's how most people handled things, but then this, because it makes us feel better, right. To kind of like deny that, that reality and not face our fears and not, you know, kind of hit it head on. But then one day, this most amazing friend of mine, we were just having coffee out of the blue. She was like, Hey, I've been thinking about what would happen if our husbands were killed. And I was mm. like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, I almost like spit my coffee. Like he who shall not be named. Yeah, I was like, what right. are you talking about? Like where, what? And I was like, whoa. And she was like, yeah. And I thought about it. And it's not that it wouldn't be hard or that we wouldn't need counseling or that life wouldn't be like really difficult for a really long time for <laughs> all of us and our kids and whatever. But, you know, in the end, we'd be okay. We wouldn't, life would be very different, but it would still be worth living. Mm. We, I trust that God would bring people alongside us who would help us through it and comfort us in our grief and, and the sun would still rise and it would eventually be okay. And that it sounds so like, duh, but the reality is like, that's not how we think. I mean, no. with that, it, like, it's like a very simple truth, but it's like, yeah, like I trust, I don't trust that I'm going to have a effortless wonderful, like prosperity gospel life. Like that's not true. Right. What I do trust is that God promises when I'm lonely, he will bring people to comfort me when Mm. I'm sad. He will bring people to comfort me. He will comfort Mm me. He will draw me into community with others. Like he will, he will journey with me through those hard times. Not that I will somehow like avoid them or go over them or under them. Like I'm going to go through them, 
but he'll be there with me and he will bring people to me to be like his tangible, mm-hmm. you know, hands and feet yeah. and sometimes like hugging arms and, you know, crying yeah. shoulder to cry on. And that's true. So I got to experience that a few times before having to do that kind of here. Uh, yeah. What made this a little different was on deployments, we knew, I knew he was doing dangerous things, but I didn't get to watch it. You know, I don't think I would have wanted to watch it. Right. right. Like we, we just knew that because on the news or we'd have a communications blackout for a while. And so you're like, oh, okay, something's, something's happening. And a lot of the stuff, you know, that he was participating in, I will never know about because yeah. it's classified or yeah. um, whatever. So now in contrast, the most dangerous times or events of spaceflight is launch, landing, and spacewalking, all of which are viewed live, yeah. uh, not just by like the families, but by the world. It's like streamed on the internet, right? So right. there's a, I didn't quite fully appreciate the, the added bit of stress it adds knowing like, okay, I'm already stressed about seeing <laughs> this kind of dangerous thing, but if it goes sideways, I'm going to be watching. I will be, yeah, everyone's watching and I will be experiencing it in real time as the hmm. same as the world. Like I don't get to process this privately before everybody hears about it. Yeah. I will like, it will be on the internet <laughs> and then it's gone. Right. Once right. it's on the internet, it's gone. It'll be out of my control. So that's, that's a little bit that, that does add a little bit of added stress to like yeah. kind of everything they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think people that are listening likely can fit whatever their worst fear is maybe not watching it happen live, but some things you can't, like if your worst fear is someone that you love getting sick, you're going to watch that like happen in real time. Right. Uh, Or or you getting sick or whatever. Like, I think, unfortunately, most of us can draw whatever that worst fear is. We can like, we can pop it to the front of our mind and like fit it in the mold. What, what was your like, what's your wisdom or what did God show you walking through the potential of your worst fear coming true in front of you? Yeah. I mean, it is an overwhelming feeling. Like you said, like, I think we all have fears, but most people don't have to like face it in like a 10 second countdown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I had yeah. But yeah, I felt like in that moment, I was given a choice, like, like spiritually, like God was there and being like, okay, you feel this fear you're feeling right now. You can choose to continue to live in that space, constantly feeling afraid. And it's, it's a very, you know, it's not a pleasant <laughs> mental or physical no. space to live in. You just want to lay on the ground and just kind of like <laughs> let life pass you by, <laughs> yeah. you know, or you can build your hope on me. And this mm. is a hope that is not in any way dependent on the circumstances that are around you. And this hope is unchanging, whether this rocket launches successfully or whether you immediately, like in 10 seconds, become a widow. Like, yeah. That is, it is unchanging. And it is a hope that says like, yeah, no matter what happens, even if the worst thing comes true, whatever your worst thing is, I am still the same. I am still here with you. I will journey with you. I will be right here next to you. And I will bring people alongside you to comfort you and be, and mm-hmm. be with you but it's a choice you have to make. Like the yeah. fear, the fear is our default. Like you're yeah. always going to default to it. And it's also, I think, you know, you, you see these like little plaques you can buy at Hallmark and it's like, be hopeful or blah, 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 you know, right. like live, laugh, right. love. As if like, that's a thing you can just like, like you check the book. Oh, I choose right. hope. Great. Like right. people think, oh, well, I, uh, I believe in God. 
So I should have this hope all the time or this happiness or whatever. I'm never going to be afraid again. Yeah, yeah. And and like, and then when it happens, they're like, oh, there must be something wrong with me. I don't have enough right. faith. I don't have like, I must not really have a relationship with God, like whatever. And it's like, no, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, like this is a kind of hope you have to choose every morning. Like it's yeah. something because, because every day is different and whatever scared you yesterday, there's going to be something new today. And it's going to be completely something else different tomorrow that you couldn't even have anticipated. Like, wow, I didn't know I could be so scared until tomorrow, which I'll be twice as scared. So, you know, so you literally have to like, when you get up in the morning, it's like, okay, no matter what happens today, I choose to have my hope in, in this, this unchanging foundation. My hope is not found in whether or not I get this job or, you know, like my, my kid, I don't know, hugs me long enough, or that person calls me back or this rocket launch is successful or yeah. this landing is successful. And my husband comes home safely. Like those things are all great, but that's not going, that's not going to affect what my, that can't be my foundation. It, yes. it just can't because yeah. otherwise you're still living in that fear space. Well, and you're just being like whipped all over the place. Like that's just such an, ex- I've done that. Like it's such yeah. an exhausting way to live. And you were talking about choosing hope, which I think is what it really boils down to. But I, I don't remember who it was, but I remember hearing someone say that hope is a person and that mm-hmm. person is Jesus. And then if you really think about it, if hope is a person and that person is Jesus, then hope also chose us. Like Jesus chose us, like choose, chose to sacrifice his life for us. So not only do we get to choose hope, but like hope already is chosen us. Like that's yeah, it's there waiting crazy. for you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you don't have to do anything special, no. you know, like it's available. It's just right there. Yeah. It's there in that moment to choose. It's always right. there as a choice. Yeah. And, and I think we don't sometimes realize like, well, I'm not choosing to be afraid. I'm just choosing to try to take control of my life. I'm yeah. just choosing to try to like figure out what's best for my family. And it's like, again, it's you trying to, you know, work the system to make your choices be less scary. Yes. <laughs> you know, like you're yeah. still operating out of fear. Right. And, and that's it. And when we try to take control, it's even scarier. Cause then you're like, oh, I can't even blame this on somebody else. Like I right. chose this, I chose this path and it didn't go well. And when you put kids in the mix, well, that makes it even scarier. Cause you're like, oh my, oh my gosh, gosh, I'm not just screwing up my life. I'm screwing up my kid's life or I'm putting my kid's health at risk or their future or all these things. Yeah. And then it's like uh, times a thousand on the, yeah. on the afraid level. And I think that's why, again, like in this weird pandemic time, like parents are getting the brunt of it because not only do we have like the, the generic, like high level of fear that everybody has, right. But but, where everyone's just like afraid for their own health and their own finances and their own everything. But if you have kids at home as a parent, you're like, oh my gosh, how is this affecting their education? How is this affecting their health? How is this affecting even like mental health. Often, yeah. How often they can see their friends or their grandparents yeah. or like yeah. go outside. Like, and that's it all again, all those unknowns, nothing we have answers to very little we can control, mm-hmm. but it's terrifying. And so you just see p- parents and I've been, I have been there. Like, yeah. please don't think I'm like, have figured this out. And I'm sitting over here, like in a holy yoga pose, like totally, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, uh, fearless because it is scary. Cause you wake up like just when you figured it out, you wake up the next day and all the rules have changed and you're like, crap, <laughs> you know, we had just hit our stride. Like literally 10 o'clock last night, I had this figured out literally how could this change between 10 o'clock last night and 6am this morning? And yet it has, everything has changed. 
and you're just afraid on, on behalf of someone else, which yes. is somehow more scary. But also, and maybe this is just me, I find that easier to like rationalize, like to like explain away with God. I'm like, I'm not trying to be controlling. I'm not not trusting you. I just love them so much. It's for the children. It's It's for the the children, children, right? Right. Like anything you want to justify in your life, just say it's for the, like, no, no, this giant bag of candy is for the children. Then why is your hand in it? Like, no, 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 for the kids. Like, yeah, exactly. Like we can justify anything and be afraid of anything, even if it's like completely irrational, like be, especially when it, anytime it comes with our kids. Well, but what I've had to come to learn is that that in turn is what I'm extending to and teaching my children. If I'm like freaking out and hovering and like about everything, well, that's what they're going to think is the normal reaction to not being in control. Things not going the way that you thought they would. And I, as someone, like I struggle with anxiety, like clinically, thank God for Prozac. But like, (laughs) you know, I already see those tendencies in my oldest, like she's likely going to have some anxious tendencies. And it's, it's like looking in a mirror, like I have to choose hope and then like guide her, right? Like that's our job as parents is teaching our kids how to look to Jesus for everything. Okay. Like, yes, I see you. I know this is scary, but like, you don't have to be the one that has it all figured out. Like, and I'm sure you had to extend that because not only did you watch your husband get on a rocket, like these kids watch their dad get on a rocket. That's right. And you realize like, we often don't focus our fears on actually the, like the scariest thing, right? Like yeah. Whatever, like, however we're wired, there's something that scares you. And, and we're afraid of often, even the thing that isn't like, there are legitimate things that are scary out there Absolutely. or far more likely to happen. And yet we'll just pick something and be like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. what I should be scared about. And you're like, oh, actually statistically this thing over here is far more. I mean, it's kind of like yeah. parents and cell phones are like, I'm terrified of my child being kidnapped off of a street corner. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that is legit. Like that is a legit fear. However, they're far more likely to see something on their cell phone that will damage yeah. them forever. But yeah. handing them cell phones all over the place, you know, it's exactly. like, but as adults, like, I feel like, especially all these fears and, and things that would constantly come up, you know, while I was single parenting, the only adult in the house, like it is scary. Cause I was, I, I felt this pressure. Like I'm the only adult here who's <laughs> helping guide them through yeah. these things. Like any other scary times, you know, like th- there was another adult here who could yeah. be like, okay, let me use the wisdom of my ages right, <laughs> to, right. to like help give you some perspective or at least offset my crazy, right? That's like, right. <laughs> to some degree. That's right. But it's hard when you're also living in a, in a fear space, you know? And I think yeah. that's where like, it's a legit prayer to be like, God, I need you to give me like, wi- like not just peace, but like peace and wisdom to know like, yes, what is worth being concerned about here and what's not like, yes, get, you know, whatever. I wish I could say it. I wish I was more eloquent like that prayer of like, help me know the difference between like the things I can control and the things I can't control. Yes. Yeah. Because I don't want to pass this fear onto my kids of things I cannot control. What I do want to pass on is this idea that like, we don't have to be afraid to look our fears in the eyes and Mm. say, and then actually not even be afraid to like follow the the ridiculous rabbit trail of where that fear goes that in the end we can go like, that's this ridiculous. is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. hundred oh, percent. Right. I mean, I think most of us are afraid to follow that trail because it just yeah. feels like scary. But once, if we do it, if we're brave enough to face it, then you realize, yeah, like, wow, I'm making a lot of leaps here in, yes. in assuming things are going to happen. 
And this end place is actually like kind of half the time, kind of ridiculous. Like, yes, that's, and that's like a legit, like coping thing that I've learned in therapy is okay. If I start here, kind of like we were talking about at the beginning, a lot of the time we're taught, don't even go there. Right. It's not going to happen, but it, like, I might get, I can get cancer. Like I could get cancer. It yeah. can happen. Right. Okay. Let's say you do what's, what's going to yeah. happen. What next? That's right. What then next? what? That's right. And then, then what's next. And then what's after that. But the cool thing is, especially like when you're walking with Jesus, yeah, you look at this whole timeline that may never happen, right? but it might, Jesus is in all of it. Like, okay, like, let's just take, so I just actually just had this whole conversation on Instagram with my audience not that long ago about this irrational fear of like dying and leaving your kids without a mom. Okay. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. Which could happen. I had, it could so happen. I, I shared it as like, okay, I know this is kind of crazy. My DMs exploded. Moms were like, oh my God, I think about this all the time, all the time. Right. I get cancer and then I die. And then my kids don't ever have a mom and how traumatic that is. And I was like, okay, okay. But what if we, instead of just starting at point A and being like, I'm like losing our minds. Right. Okay. You get cancer. Science has advanced so far. You could survive it. Right. That that's crazy. Okay. Let's say it is terminal and it does take your life. Do you not have people in your life that are going to love your kids the best they can? Right. That Do you not trust that God, as much as you trust God to bring people along alongside you, do you not trust God to bring people alongside your kids? Do you not believe that God can take what the enemy meant for harm and use it for good? Like right. if you're, but because if you're not willing to go past point A where the fear starts, right? it's almost like you don't even give God the opportunity to go, I, I got, got this. Like, that's right. I got and he, it. He, he, he used it like as he, if you're willing to be brave and step down the like mental path of where those fears yeah. go, like he even meets us there. And that's what's yes. so cool. Cause like, if you're like, oh, you know, would there be other people like, and some people might be like, no, there, there isn't other people in my life. What's it? Okay. Well, God meets us there and he's like, okay, <laughs> then let's start cultivating community. Exactly. You know, like let's start finding those people. Let's start developing those relationships. Amen. Like, let me take your fear and turn it into something good. Like yes. that I want for you all the time. <laughs> you yes. don't have to have cancer in order to like have community and like right. people love you and like want to love on your kids. Like, Hey, yes. we, can, we can do this all, all the time without like the tragedy, you know? Right. Exactly. But, yeah. That's such a good point. Like, okay. Like if you look down, like your take your worst fear, look down the rabbit trail. There are promises God's made. Are you walking in the fullness of them now? without the tragic thing having to happen, I think is the reality. And thankfully, like with your story, the tragic thing didn't happen. And you had this experience and your husband is home and your family is together, but now you get to like share, like that's different. Like that's just a different level. And so I love that you're like, okay, I put my husband on a rocket and I sent him out to space and I could have watched my husband blow up, but I still trusted God. And like, like that's, (laughs) that's like a next level faith story that I feel like I'm like, okay, if homegirl could put her husband on a rocket, I can send my husband to work every day. That's right. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's true. Like, and there yeah. are a lot of people whose spouses, I get it. Like if your husband's an accountant, it might be a lot a longer like leap of imagination, but yeah. there are like, there are plenty of people whose, whose spouses or, or grown children or parents yeah. or whatever do really dangerous work. And the fear that something might happen to them can be immobilizing if you, if you let it. But the, the yeah. reality is that most people don't want to realize, well, my spouse doesn't, or my kid or whatever, doesn't do a dangerous job. Well, but they drive on the highway. 
Exactly. Do they, do they eat expired yogurt? Like, do they, like you know, do they hang yeah. Christmas lights on a much taller ladder than they should in exactly. December? Like, you know, I mean, we all have like, the world is risky. The world is dangerous. Yes. And again, if the thought of losing these things is, is so terrifying that it feels immobilizing, that's kind of like God, like poking on our, our, our soft spots and being like, yes. let me let me help nudge let's look this. At this. Yeah. Let's look at this. Can we scratch this a little bit? Like maybe you've put this on a higher pedestal than it belongs. Like maybe Amen. it's where I should be sitting. Amen. Yes. Yeah. I think that's going to be, it's, it's convicting for me. So I'm sure <laughs> it's going to be convicting for everybody It's convicting else. for me. Cause again, yeah. it, it's like, it's a constant thing, right? It's not like one day you, you're like, I have decided to only keep Jesus on the pedestal. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's like you have every day, every day, multiple times a day, four times before lunch. Like, yep. yeah. I mean, and yep. it's, and just when you think like, Oh good, I've conquered this thing. Like a new one yeah. <laughs> pops up, like yes. oh, new and new and improved fear, a new variation, new variation. New, yeah. New variant of this fear. Like we can put on there. It's like a constant state of, of yeah. checking yourself and being it honest. Is. Like I am feeling something is not just like this piece that I'm lacking in me. What is this? Where is it coming from? And just don't, don't let yourself just live like that. Cause it is, like you said, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's not what God wants for you. Like we are not called to be martyrs to our own mental health. Like usually yes. that, that churn and that, like that, just that gut feeling that you have, like something is not right in me. I am not my best self. Like that is, that is God probably kind of like gently trying to get you to look at some stuff and yes, you may need you probably, if it's big enough, you know, you may need help, right? Like mm-hmm. working through it again, like asking for help from friends, family, professionals, sometimes medication, you know, like yep. that does not make you any less than in any categories. And anybody who no. tells you otherwise is lying to you. Amen. God has given us all these tools and all yeah. these relationships, and we should utilize all of them. Amen. Because it is, it's a constant, I mean, it's biblical. This is a refining process. It is uncomfortable, but he doesn't want us to just live like, and never like evolve into a more Christ-like person. Right. But it, Yeah. But you're going to have to be honest about your yeah. fears and you're going to have to be like, mm, I'm letting this, like, it's so scary because my priorities have gotten a little out of whack. Yeah. And, but then the great thing is that then you get to make a choice. Yeah, that's right. And it, I love that you've kind of like, it really is kind of, it doesn't feel that simple, but sometimes it really is. Yeah. So I love that. So your book, I can't remember when this episode comes out, but your book is out March 8th officially. Officially. As a fellow author, I understand the supply supply chain issues. Yeah, it's a pain, pain in the butt. The pain. <laughs> but everybody can get your book wherever they get books. And we have it linked in the show description as well. Can you tell people where to find and follow you online? Sure. The easiest place is to find me on Instagram at Stacy Morgan 2000, like two zero zero zero. That's Stacy with an E. <laughs> okay. It's like a million spellings of Stacy. Oh my gosh. Right. Shout out to all my fellow 40 year old Stacy's out there. Uh, <laughs> Stacy S T A C E Y Morgan 2000.com. And then I also have a website, Stacy Morgan 2000.com. So you can find awesome. me there. Yeah. Perfect. Stacy, thank you so much. This is such an incredible conversation. Thanks for having me. It's so fun. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.